Welcome to Cloud Insiders, the podcast that brings cloud down to earth. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Oliver Happy, your host today for this discussion about cloud desktops versus VDI, platform as a service, desktop as a service, and where it's all heading. Today I'm sitting here with Curtis Brown, a senior consultant at Extrovert. Thanks for joining us, Curtis. And Peter Grant. Hi, Ali. Good to see you again. Good to be here. Right. Now, just give us a little bit of an idea of your background, Curtis. Well, I make exceedingly good coffee. But aside from that, my day job, I'm, a, as you say, technical consultant. I specialize in EUC, but I do get roped into other projects as well. And when you say EUC? End user compute. So essentially providing applications and desktop services to end users rather than all your back-end infrastructure, SQL databases, big data, and all that good stuff. I leave that to the automation types, people with propellers on the heads. I do the fun stuff. I do desktops and I do applications and mobile devices. I've been doing it since the 90s, on and off, and servers in between as well. So, very good background. Very good. All right. And Pete, yourself? Uh, so, my history um, in IT, I've been around um, in IT for 19 years and grown very much up through the Wintel space. So, worked at Microsoft a few times years ago and I've come from the support background into doing architecture um, and then in the last eight years or so been doing consulting for, for Extrovert and uh, for my sins I've ended up uh, doing quite a lot of, again, end-user computing, dare I say it, VDI type engagements. And when you say VDI? Uh, VDI, Virtual Desktop Infrastructure, so um, I kind of hesitate when I say that because one of the things I like to say to customers is it's, it's not about VDI, it's about you know, providing desktop services, but VDI is just one of the one of the tools in the toolboxes. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, what exactly do you mean when you say it's not just about VDI and it's about services? So sometimes we'll go into a, a customer, and maybe the CIO or, or someone similar has um, got it in their head that we need to do VDI. What we try and do is we take them back and we say, okay, what do you what are you trying to achieve? What does your business look like? What are your requirements? And then from that, you can map out a desktop solution, which may involve some kind of centralized desktops, but almost in all cases, it will be a combination of, say, maybe virtual desktops, physical desktops, uh, mobile devices, different types of presenting applications. So we try and um, you know understand the requirements first and then use the various tools like BDI and all the others to create the, the, the right technology stack rather than starting with the solution i.e. VDI as an example, and then trying to make it fit all, all use cases. It's, it's certainly moving from a point of rather than delivering a perception of what is a desktop to how how does a business user want their application served to them. It might be a desktop, it might be a web page, it might be on a mobile device. It's becoming less and less of that clear, you must have a Windows desktop with a start menu and how does it look and how do we get an application there to be application to user, how you get there. That's the trick. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, users don't really want a desktop. They just want to be able to do their, yeah. do whatever their business is, which inevitably is running applications. But you know, they want to be able to run the apps they want. They want access to their data. Um, a lot of them want to be able to do it from wherever they are and whatever device they're in. And they want to do it in a secure way, or at least the IT business does. And really what we do is we look at all, the, all those requirements and more, find out what's more important than than say other things because sometimes it's a trade-off and then using those requirements and using our knowledge of the technology we then craft a, a solution which is hopefully the best fit. 
Right, right. Okay, so let's just cover off some more jargon while we're at it. Um, what is desktop as a service? Is that all of what you've been describing? In a manner of speaking, it's an extension on it. If you consider it in terms of, say, 20, 10, 20 years ago, your traditional desktop was an in-house function. Um, it was sitting on your desk. It had applications on it. Desktop as a service kind of takes that... Well, in between you had VDI, which was effectively moving the desktop from the physical device in front of you to into the data center, and then moving that out into a service provider sort of context. So you're taking that desktop and now moving it into as a packaged offering somewhere. Now that can be still on-prem, but increasingly it's moving out into cloud provider space. It's a relatively new thing compared to other as a service offerings such as DR and so forth have been around a while. But desktop is a relatively new beast. Mm. Okay. And how can DAS done well help IT organizations to deliver applications to users? Oh, that's a good one. I think the biggest benefits, well, the biggest potential benefit to a customer is flexibility, particularly if you've got a customer that is acquisitive, so they're scaling up and scaling down. If you consider it as, as a traditional approach of buying physical boxes, or even um, your on-premises virtual desktop, it's a fixed asset. You've got to buy, you've got to feed, you've got to water. Yeah, a desktop as a service means that that service might be, well be elastic. You're buying on demand. It's a bit like you buy your um, uh, movies on demand. You can, I want to buy a film. That's great. I don't have to subscribe to a service that gives me an entire set of channels and I only watch one film a month. It's great. With an on-demand service, I can watch one film at a time and I'll pay on demand. Desktop as a service takes that in a similar way. You can buy demand, buy desktops and release desktops. So that kind of flexibility is an important capability. Yeah, so I think all these as-a-service things, you know, infrastructure as a service, desktop as a service, they're really all concepts. It's just the concept of yeah. not having to buy something and maintain the, the platform, but you just get it and you consume it as, as you want it. But sometimes when you use all these um, words like DAS or this, all this jargon, it can start to be very excuse the pun in, in the clouds and it's not very people don't really understand what, what do I mean by that so when I when I hear about DAS or desktop as a service really what I think of is VDI type what's well, really VDI in the cloud so when I say VDI in the cloud traditionally we've done a lot of VDI for our customers where we would go in we would do a design if that includes VDI we then go through the whole painful process of having to build up data centers, order kit, make sure that kit's plumbed in, get the networking set up, and, and that can take months or, or more, and it's a real headache for a lot of customers. So to me, DAS is about where you just have a, another supplier providing that VDI platform, such as VMware with their Horizon Air offering. So you can still connect it to your Active Directory, use your applications, use your image, but the data center, I should say, the VDI desktops are already provisioned for you. So straight away, you just skip that whole painful, we need to buy kit and do all the logistics. And you you have it from really as soon as you need to, or as soon as you purchase it, maybe a few weeks lead time perhaps. And it's there for you to start consuming and testing. So. How, how have you seen customers start to embrace VMware Horizon Air. I think from from the conversations I've I've had, it's been quite gung ho in some respects. A lot of enthusiasm for it, but without realizing the implications of it. And I think that's one of the first things that we have to say. Whoa! Put our hands up in the air and say, let's have a think about this and discuss it. 
let's let's talk about those implications. Yeah, I mean, if I can just build on what you were saying in mm. terms of what I've seen out there, I I think having done VDI a lot as Curtis has and been through the pain of building the platform, I think something like Horizon Air, where it's, it's there for you, is great. But the customers I've spoken to, even where we've suggested it would be a good option for them, just don't. I think it's just it, feel, it still feels like a bridge too far. You know, I, uh, I sometimes think the world's not quite ready for cloud desktops and I get it because before I had done a Horizon Air engagement I had probably the same questions that the customers had which were just not knowing how it works like how does your how does this integrate with your active directory I, I kind of thought maybe it's um do these run in the cloud in some data center some, in some far off land how do I connect it to my file servers how does the image updating work it's just all these unknowns and mm-hmm. having gone through a Horizon Air project at the end of it stopped thinking of it as cloud desktops and I just yeah. started thinking of it as a managed service by VMware so now you've got the people that you know wrote the software or own the software running it in not some far off data center in this particular case it was in an Equinix data center in Slough which is where a lot of our banking customers would run their have their workloads and it was managed by VMware with a really great 24-7 support there were times when um, I could literally phone up any time of the day and I'd either be in the US or or maybe another part of the country. So people are wondering, you know, what is what is DAS or what is Horizon Air? I would just say just think of a managed VDI solution, but mm. in a local data center, hopefully, but managed by VMware. Okay, and who are the other players in the space? Well, the most obvious one is Amazon Workspace. Um, it's been around for quite a considerable time, um, but it's not one of their more publicized offerings. But I think that's starting to change now as as businesses start to perceive it as now a logical next step. A lot of companies are starting to look at starting with their typical back-end infrastructure as a service sort of offering, so moving database services, data into cloud offerings, and the next step on from that would be to look at moving the desktop into that sort of approach. And I think that's where it's starting to drift. And I think that when I've been approached and asked about it it as desktop as a service, my first point is, well, how far have you got along that line of moving into the cloud in the first place? Because you may be in a position where you're still largely on-premise, with maybe even physical service. Are you ready for it? And I think there's a lot of enthusiasm for the concept of it, but when they start, when you start discussing with them, there is this case of readiness. And I think rather than considering it as a cloud, cloud this, cloud that, cloud the other, considering it as a managed service is a healthy approach. Cloud is such a overused word nowadays when you <laughs> even calling it cloud desktops I, I would almost just describe it as you've just got another data center now connected either via direct connection or maybe via VPN but just think of it as it's just another data center run by VMware but it's still part of your your infrastructure the the deployment we did we started off just using a VPN connection but we were you know we were getting great performance on that then we moved to a dedicated link but um you know, it's all on your same Active Directory. You've got complete control over it. It's just you don't have to worry about building building the platform. And you've talked about the, the building the platform piece and removing that pain and that effort and that cost and time and, and in money. What other benefits are there to moving to a managed service? I think um, in terms of the DAS part of it, one of the big benefits, and I think one of the things that customers probably don't do enough of is there's this traditional mentality when you're doing projects of 
front-loading all the design and, and the planning piece. And then you do, at the end, you do your pilot and then you roll out. And a lot of that is because you can't start doing your build and tweaking until you actually have the data center built. With something like um, cloud desktops, where you can, as soon as you give them a PO or your credit card, you can get access fairly quickly. You can then start developing your image and iteratively kind of doing the design. So rather than doing a, a full detailed design up front and trying to get everything right before you've even got hands on anything, take more of an iterative approach. Don't, you know, just spend that, that time, get, get the image built as quickly as possible and then spend the time tweaking the image rather than doing all the upfront sort of theoretical design. And then layering on top uh, mechanisms for delivering applications to those desktops. So in the initial getting your credit card out, you can spin up your basic build with core applications, those first, that first iteration, that first set of pilot users, so they can get the look and feel. You can start seeing what the problems are likely to be, where are your pain points, and then start looking at, well, okay, so we've got this desktop build, we've got the basics, we can get the user logged in, we can give them a desktop, but what do we need to deliver to that desktop? What kind of services do we need to connect that desktop to? Client server applications, print services, those kind of fun things we need to address. File services are another typical one. And then you start needing to look at, um, yes, we've got connectivity into the data center, but then we also need to think of connectivity to the end users across a, what may be a traditional uh, one estate where you've got your centralized data center and then spurring out in a, in a star topology wheel and spoke sort of affair so it's those kind of design implications that you then have to start building up there's still a design implication that still has to be addressed but you've you've took a tranche out of that you've not now got to worry about your spinning discs how many iops you have to achieve how much cpu that's your provider they can worry about that you're moving on to actually the delivery part of it and that is probably more relevant to a business's it they know what they want let them deal with that you're providing that underpinning and even to um, an extent the sizing isn't as important mm -hmm. you know, if you're building vdi locally you need to figure out you know, how much compute do i need how much storage do i need it's a big upfront cost you might have to plan not for what you need now but what you need in two years because no kit's going to be bought then and inevitably you'll you have to buy for your worst case scenario with any of the as a service offerings you can just buy what you need now knowing that you can scale up in certain increments. So it takes that burden away. Carrying on from what Curtis was saying, in a, in a VDI project or a desktop transformation project, is you can probably group it into three main elements. You've got your providing the desktop OS itself, or the base image. You've got how, how are you going to deliver the applications. And then you've got your whole, your whole user environment or your yeah. user profile side of it. So these three almost discrete work streams. If you get all of them right, you've got a great desktop experience. But using DAS, you can almost straight away get rid of the, or not worry about the whole presenting the OS that's done by your cloud supplier. And then you can just focus all your time and effort on what's inevitably the more fiddlier parts around the application delivery, the images, and the, the user environment. But the very customer specific aspect of it. For some environments, that may well be a case of, well, take a call center, for example. You might have a thousand people sitting in a call center. They'll have the same stack of applications, relatively simple. But equally, you might be talking of a hospital with 20, 30, 40 different departments, each of which have got very fine 
granular requirements for applications. So yes, a cloud provider can meet your desktop very easily, but after that, it's a, it's a concerted effort between a consultancy to provide that support and get the two aspects of your cloud desktop solution working with their applications and how to get the two delivered. So the two mesh in effect. Mm. Mm. So you deliver that experience. Because at the end of the day, one of the bigger, bigger aspects of why you want to do this is service improvement. Now, one of those big aspects is speed and performance getting things to the user in a snappy and reliable manner. Otherwise, you failed. It's interesting you say that because uh, in terms of barriers, and, and certainly from my research, barriers to adoption of DAS have been things like cost and speed and efficiency and security. Do you think these are still relevant issues as much as there were years gone by? I, I think they all are. And we've talked about DAS fairly generically here, but... It's like VDI, you know, VDI can be great or it can be an absolute disaster depending on mm. how it's done. So I think it's just as important to look at what provider you're using, you know, without shamelessly plugging VMware. Our experience with Horizon Air was very good, great performance, great, great support. And if there were any bugs, you know, you're speaking to, to the right people. So I think it's important to um, make sure you're choosing the right provider. My general view is I think that the bigger, the bigger players like the VMwares and maybe the Amazons uh, is where the market's going. I think the little providers that are trying to offer DAS, they seem to be slowly dying off. So you've got to make sure you choose the, the right provider. In terms of security and all those considerations, you know, they're, they're just as important. I mean, just on the security side, a few years ago particularly, you the first response from customers when you mention cloud is all oh, know our data is too important we can't have it being hosted by some third party somewhere and there, there was there was that kind of reaction what we're seeing now is cloud is becoming more a bit more of a no-brainer in more and more scenarios the the security conversations i'm having are a bit more pragmatic in terms of you know okay so where is this data okay it's going to be hosted and let's use the example of equinix in the uk okay so that's where our other partners are hosting their, their data, so that's fine. And they're starting to actually break it down and say, what are the security concerns? But in many cases, once you actually break them down and get them to try and explain why security is a showstopper, um, often you, you get to a point where actually there's no blocker. But in some cases, you know, you might have um, regulations where your data needs to be in your country, for example, and, you know, that, that will always be the case. But I would just say, you know, challenge challenge the security um, aspect of it. It's, it's obviously crucial in any organization, but just, just challenge it. Mm, sure, sure. And, and let's just explore one of those cases and probably my last point to raise on that topic. What happens when things go wrong? What happens when the WAN goes down? There, there are obviously going to be implications with that, but it would be the same implications that you would have with a VDI solution in that your VDI solution on-premise would be in a data center. So if your users are separate from that data center, then if you lose that one link into the data center, it's the same issue. If your core applications are in that data center, yes, you're going to, you might still have a desktop sitting on your, let's say you're an old fashioned customer, you've got your desktop sitting in front of you and you're in an office and there's a one link into your data center that uh, you own yourself. It's a lovely rack with a lot of servers in there and they're doing exchange and lots of other applications that one link's gone down. You've got a lovely desktop, but it's nigh on useless because it can't, do your, it can't serve you your applications. 
Desktop is the same thing. Desktop was a service in that data center. If that WAN link goes down, you've got a thin client on the device that's saying, well, you can't log in. Same problem arises. Exactly. So, you know, most of our, no if not all of our customers use data centers, you know, the yeah. days of running a computer room on, on <laughs> in your building are, are going, except for maybe the smallest customers. So as Curtis said, if the WAN goes down today, you still, you still got major problems. But the analogy I, I often use is around email. So I had a customer a few years ago saying who was challenging using um, hosted mail by Google at the time, saying, well, you know, if, if it goes down, we don't have a direct line into the engineers that are fixing it. And I didn't say this directly to them, but what I was thinking was if Google goes down, as an example, you don't need to really worry about whether you've got a direct line because it's probably going to be on the news. They'll be fixing it. If your exchange server goes down, you know, who, who would you rather have fixing it? Um, a team of engineers by a big company that own and own the software or your your local guys who I'm sure are very good, but um, inevitably, you know, exchange servers go down a lot more than say Google does. And I think the same is with cloud desktops. If you choose a provider who who is big and does this a lot, if their system's down, they'll be on it. So it's, do you trust them to fix it quicker than maybe your in-house people or your whoever you use your, your contractors there's also the matter of scaling in that sense as well a lot of these um, the larger providers have got infrastructure that's massively resilient multiple connections both within the data center and outbound most customers simply can't afford to meet that but because a cloud provider has economies of scale they're not just serving your data and your 200 users they're serving maybe 10,000 users in which case that's all economies of scale. They can afford to pile all that hardware together and have the support operations 24-7 with lots of people who will jump up and down fixing that issue as opposed to your poor guy who's on the end of a, fo- on the end of a pager or phone who comes in at 2 o'clock in the morning to fix a problem and has to ring support from the vendor and then maybe has to get a break-fix engineering, wait another few hours while that gets the right parts and so forth. You're talking about it a little bit like you might have done it in years uh, Yeah, I've, I've, I've had my fingers burned at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning and um, drove home drunk with tiredness. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I've been that man. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so in terms of the uptake of cloud desktops or DES, what sort of businesses are we seeing engage with the, um, with the movement? To be quite honest, I think the uptake at the moment is, is still quite slow, purely because, well, my perception is it just seems like this unknown kind of thing. People don't really, really get it. And I think it's almost one of the maybe best kept secrets, not the right term. But, you know, I think it's, there's some great opportunities for customers to use DAS, but it's I just don't think people understand it enough. And Yeah, yeah and I think that's the th- it's an education piece as much as anything else. And I think... If we if we were approached uh, and I was approached um, in that sort of initial discussion, I would be starting with suggesting a whole analysis piece of where are they now. It wouldn't simply be a case of yeah, you go for it. It would be an assessment as to what is the right path for them. Okay. The, okay. So yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, um, definitely you need to you know, understand is it the right strategy. But one of the beauties of DAS type offerings is that. You can just dip your toe in the water, just sign mm-hmm. up, you know, VMware do a 25 desktop um, proof of concept or something and Amazon possibly do, do, do similar. So don't, you know, don't spend all your time trying to figure out 
you know, should we do this or that? I mean, it's, it's important to have a strategy, but just dip your toe in the water, try it and take more of an iterative approach. I, mean, I just think IT in general, moving forward, needs to be more iterative now and, and try, see what works. If it doesn't work, try something else rather than think you need to get it right from the start. It's less big bang than VDI in that sense. VDI, yeah. even with a pilot, implies that you've got to have a certain amount of hardware to do that, a cluster of physical hosts and storage, that sort of thing. Whereas, as Pete says, you can sign on the dotted line, have 25 desktops, dip your toe in the water, have a play. But I think if you're talking about planning for the future, then yeah, there's still that analysis piece. But there's not to say that you can't start it straight away with a little pilot for some light touch, get your techies involved, find out where it goes and whether whether it is the right thing. Okay, so let's just spell out some steps for organisations that are considering DAS. What steps would you suggest then go through? And you've you've mentioned a couple of them already. Yeah, I I think uh, it would be a case of looking at taking the line of a little bit of a trial, looking at what offerings are out there, maybe even (laughs) looking at a trial for a couple of different providers. This is cloud service at the end of the day. Some will allow you to do direct connect. That might well imply cost. But a lot of them will allow you to do a VPN over the internet connection to try it, try before you buy sort of thing or just a light touch. But then you need to look at doing um, a little bit of an assessment about what your application topology is. How are applications delivered to users at the moment? What are those applications? What are your use cases? Why would you move from your existing solution to a cloud desktop approach. From there, you also need to look at a little bit around your topology. What is your current network topology, your server estate topology? What's the right path for you in terms of where you host data? What levels of connectivity you've got to your users? Okay, and then what would be the next stage beyond that? Well, we've already, as I say, you know, you you look at um, dipping your toe into a pilot, but also then start looking at maybe scaling that up into something a bit more substantial. Yeah, I mean, as, as Curtis said, um, applications, desktop transformations, it's, it's all about the apps and now yeah. the most fiddliest part of the whole process. You know, um, any organisation of, mm. of any size will have a whole bunch of applications. Often very few co- companies will know exactly what's deployed out there, um, what versions they are. Even if they do know, there'll be different versions. So as soon as you can start looking at your applications by maybe running a deployment tool or using mm-hmm. someone like us to go in there and do a discovery we can help um, you understand exactly what you've got who's using it what versions they are and then you start going through this big process of consolidating and deciding what you want moving forward if you get to a point where you know exactly what apps you've got what well, life becomes quite simple really yeah. it's, it, it's all about the apps very good all right and in terms of wrapping up gentlemen where do you see the future heading I see it not as a black and white situation. I don't see it all in, all or nothing desktop as a service and cloud. I see a hybrid future in some respects. If only from the perspective that desktop isn't always the answer, a lot of applications are increasingly browser-based and so forth. So there's that, that aspect of it. There's also still a strong argument for VDI on-premise because there are certain high customized cases or security driven cases that can mean that you might benefit from being on premise. There are also cases where thick clients, good old traditional desktops still hold some sway. And I think rather than considering it as all or nothing, I see a hybrid future. Pete? Yeah, um, very similar. So 
few years ago, VDI was a massive hype and it was it was hyped so much that then when it didn't quite take off as quickly as people thought, it was considered to be a bit of to be a bit overhyped. But you know, we're seeing more and more customers using VDI models because they like the fact you can log on from anywhere and you've got all those benefits starting to come through. But a lot of customers have felt pain with VDI because they're trying to run it themselves and they, they don't have the experience perhaps or maybe it just wasn't done properly. Who, who knows? But we've certainly seen a lot of pain in the industry. So I think as people seem to like the centralised, you know, any device, anywhere type model and as people start to get more confidence in letting somebody else host their desktop platform for them, I think over the next few years, once people start taking the leap, as we're starting to see now with um, you know, IaaS and, and the service space, I think more and more people will be um, going to the likes of VMware or Amazon to host their desktop for them. Still keeping control of you know, managing it, um, you know, their, their active directory and their apps, but just letting somebody else provision the OS for them. Thank you very much, gentlemen. That brings us to the end of another episode of Cloud Insiders. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed it. And to find out more and access show notes and downloads, head over to cloudinsiders.fm. You can track us on Twitter at Cloud Insiders, and we'd love you to leave us a review on iTunes. See you next time.